Does truth exist? Because you have faith, does that make this book true? Does God exist? So when someone says there is no truth, if you apply the claim to itself, what should you say? Is that true? They don't think Christianity is true. They're talked out of it. You know why they're talked out of it? Because they've never been talked into it. Cross-examining skeptical and atheistic views. Welcome to Cross-Examine with Dr. Frank Turek. Have you ever noticed that most of the disputes we have in our culture and even in the church are morality-based? They all have to do with some standard of morality, whether it's abortion, marriage, transgenderism, borders, climate change, vaccines, sexuality, the atonement, hell, judgment in the Old Testament. These are all morality-based questions. The question is, what kind of standard are we using to make our assessments on those issues? And I want to refer to a couple of things going on in our culture right now uh, that, well, actually a couple of articles I just came across. One is, and these are both from the New York Post. uh, One article says California sues school district over policy outing trans students to parents. That came out on the 29th of August. And then on the 5th of September, Another article in the New York Post site said this, California parents war with state over right to know their kids are trans. I'm going to read sections from both of these articles and we'll put the links in the show notes. So if you want to read them completely, you can. I'm going to intermingle these two articles because they're related. They're about the same topic. What happened essentially was the the Chino district school district there where calvary chapel chino hills is the uh the great church that my friend jack hibbs is pastor of that school district there voted out some more leftist school board members and put in some more conservative school board members and recently they voted four to one to ensure that if a young person in school said they were trans that the school staff would notify the parents. So let me read from uh, this article here. After that four to one vote, the California Attorney General, Rob Bonta, is suing to block this school district's policy to inform parents if their child expresses they may be transgender. The Chino Valley Unified School District policy, which went into effect in July, forces employees to notify parents if their children ask to use a different name or pronoun or seek to use bathrooms and programs that don't align with their birth gender while at school, i.e. their biology, okay? School staff must alert parents in such cases, even if they don't have the student's permission to make the disclosure. The attorney general argues, let me be clear on this, remember, The school district voted four to one to ensure parents were notified. So the attorney general of the state of California is suing the district. The AG argues the policy violates, get this, anti-discrimination and privacy laws and threatens students' mental well-being. 
According to the suit filed in the San Bernardino Superior Court on Monday, three weeks after classes started in the district on August 7th, the policy places transgender and non-binary students, here's the quote, ladies and gentlemen, in danger of imminent irreparable harm from the consequences of forced disclosures, unquote. First of all, what do you mean by harm? What standard are you using to determine what harm is? Because I submit to you there would be a greater harm in giving a child either cross-sex hormones or puberty blockers or, God forbid, surgery than it is to tell their parents that they're having a struggle with this. And as you know, I've said on this program before, on March 31st, 2022, the Biden administration put out a memo from its Health and Human Services Department that essentially said that if a parent does not affirm their child in so-called gender-affirming care, which means it's a, it's a, it's, it's a misnamed, it's not care, to affirm a child in their confusion... Then the, then the government may come take that child away from the parents. And by the way, I document all this in the book, Correct, Not Politically Correct, about same-sex marriage and transgenderism. The book just was re-released in May with a brand new section on transgenderism. I submit to you that it's much more harm than telling the parents that their child is struggling with an issue. In fact, The school has an obligation to tell parents, contrary to what the attorney general says. The suit or the article continues this way, as the students will be forced to choose between walking back their constitutional right to gender identity and expression. Let me stop right there. Where is there a constitutional right to gender identity and expression? It's not in the Constitution. I don't care what Supreme Court case came out and said it was in the Constitution. It's not there. Okay? Uh, And there there hasn't been a a Supreme Court case. I know there was uh, one that Gorsuch may have written, but it doesn't apply to minors, certainly. Doesn't apply to minors. It's not in the Constitution. Minors don't have a right to privacy in this sense. They cannot give informed consent. They do not have the right to hide life-altering decisions from their parents. Decisions that they don't have the wisdom or knowledge to make. There is no right to this. Only a backward society would say so. And unfortunately, our country is backward right now. Kids don't have the knowledge or wisdom to make such decisions. They need guidance from their parents. And for the school to say that we're going to hide this from their parents, or let me put it this way, the school isn't saying that because the school board voted, no, the parents need to be informed. It's the attorney general of the People's Republic of of California who's decided that he knows better than parents. It's Joe Biden who decided he knows better than parents, that they get to decide what they do with your children, even if it means puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery, which can never change the biology of any human being. This is madness, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, the thing goes on to say the right to gender identity and expression or here's the quote or face the risk of emotional, physical and psychological harm from the non-affirming or unaccepting parents or guardians, unquote, the suit charges. Oh, so if if a parent disagrees with a child, 
then that that's too big of a risk of emotional, physical, and psychological harm from the non-affirming or unaccepting parents or guardians. Newsflash, parents are going to disagree with their immature kids all the time for their own benefit, for the child's own benefit. Love doesn't mean you affirm everything somebody wants to do. Love means you seek what's best for the individual. And what's best for the individual is not to give them cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, or surgery. What's best is to get them the psychological care they need to change their mind because they can't change their biology. And 80% of kids, as we document in Correct Not Politically Correct, 80% of kids who have this gender dysphoria grow out of it by the time they're 18. So to, to, to take the unconscionable position that we're going to try and force these kids down a road that's really a dead end is just ridiculous. And yet that's what these people in California, the attorney general, that's what the attorney general is saying. By what standard is he coming up with this? What standard are you using to determine what harm is? The article goes on to say this. Andy Johnson, a spokesperson with the Chino Valley Unified School District, has been cooperating with Bonta, again, the attorney general's office, leading up to the suit. Providing requested documents to the office. Johnson also said that in cases where the student believes they would be in danger, if their parents were told they were trans, the school would wait for approval from authorities before notifying them. What does that mean? Why do you think the authorities wouldn't put them in more danger by putting them on hormone blockers, cross-sex hormones, and surgery? Why do you think that? And why are you qualified to make that decision? Now, I'm sure there may be extreme cases here. Child abuse is wrong already, and if a student really is being obviously abused by the parent, then yeah, the authorities need to be notified. But abuse is not disagreement, or disagreement is not abuse. When a parent disagrees with what their kid wants to do, that's not necessarily abuse, that's wisdom. And for the school to jump in and say, oh, we know the one way that the child needs to go, and that is with all these crazy treatments which which will just sterilize the child and uh, create a lifetime of of drugs, uh, a requirement of a lifetime of being on these drugs. That's just madness. And that's what the Attorney General of California appears to want. Bonta, again, the Attorney General says, that the Board of Education in the district had enacted the policy out of animosity toward transgender students. Time out. <laughs> He's getting this from, from uh, Kennedy, who wrote the Obergefell decision on same-sex marriage when Kennedy basically said it was animus, mo- that people were motivated by animus to oppose same-sex marriage. First of all, even if that were true, that wouldn't mean the law is bad. You're judging what some people's motivation might be, and you're not judging whether or not the law protects innocent people from evil. You could have bad or good motivations for putting a law in place. They're irrelevant. What's relevant is whether the law is good, whether the law protects innocent people from evil. And in this case, it generally does protect innocent people from evil. When you notify a parent that their kid is struggling with their gender, That's protecting the kid from evil. That's what laws are supposed to do. And of course, Romans 13 points this out from a biblical perspective. 
that laws are put in place, a government is put in place to protect innocent people from evil. Here, in my estimation anyway, the government is putting children in the way of evil by trying to prevent their parents from learning what the kid wants to do. This is why, by the way, gender clinics in the UK are closing. They were five or 10 years ahead of the US with this madness. And now uh, the people that have been treated, the minors that had been treated with these horrible Nazi-like experiments, trying to change their biology, which is impossible to do. Now these kids are of age and they're suing these clinics by saying, what did you do to me? I could not give informed, I could not give informed consent to do this. I was a kid and you did this to me. You made me sterile. You cut off my breasts. You cut off my genitals. You cut off my genitals. You, you, you mutilated me. And this is why I think her name is Chloe King, I think. I have it in the book, correct, not politically correct. I know her first name is Chloe. Let me see if I can. Uh, she's actually out in California. And this surgery, she calls it Nazi-like. Chloe Cole is her name. Yeah, it's on page 195. Is a California teen who claims she was coerced into transitioning from girl to boy when she was given puberty blockers and testosterone at age 13. At age 15, both of her breasts were cut off. At this writing, she's 18. She's probably 19 now. And she's suing her doctors for conducting, as she puts it, Nazi-like experiments on her. Chloe claims they, they said her gender dysphoria would never go away and that she had a great risk of suicide unless she transitioned. True to the recipe demanded by transgender activists, the doctor allegedly asked her parents, would you rather have a dead daughter or a live son? Upon reflection, Chloe now realizes that her story is all too common in her generation. Like many, she was uncomfortable as a girl at the onset of puberty. Let me stop right here. Puberty is one long transition from being a kid to being an adult. It's normal to feel odd when you're going through puberty. It's normal to feel odd. In almost all cases, you're going to grow out of it. Be patient. Anyway, I go on to say this in the book. Like many, she was uncomfortable as a girl at the onset of puberty. Her mindset was made worse by spending too much time on social media sites that lauded everything LGBTQ. In fact, that's why the explosion of the transgender movement has occurred. It's largely through social media. This is a social media contagion. There's nothing new in the water. There's nothing new in human biology or women biology. The explosion in this is come through largely social media. Chloe later learned that she was on the autism spectrum, but only after her body was mutilated. The doctors did not bother to test her for autism until after transitioning her. No sense looking for causes when you've been told that the cause and the solution must be, when you've been told what the cause and solution must be, just blindly prescribe puberty blockers and top surgery. And I go on to explain more in the book, Correct, Not Politically Correct. And yet now the attorney general of California is doubling down. And Chloe Cole is from California, by the way. They don't want parents to know what's being done to their children. They don't want parents to know 
that their children are struggling with something as if they know better than the parents. Now, as I, I mentioned, there could be exceptions to this, very rare exceptions, but exceptions do not make good law. You don't build laws based on exceptions. If you built laws on exceptions, you wouldn't have any speed limits. Why? Because on a very rare instance, you might need to speed to get your pregnant wife to the hospital. But that's not an advertisement to say we ought not have speed limits at all. The reason we have speed limits is to protect human life. And so you don't make laws based on exceptions. Anyway, uh, the article goes on to say Sonia Singe, whose 10-year-old son attends school in the district, this is the Chino district I mentioned earlier, said she feels the state's lawsuit is counter to every rule already in place. Here's what she says. She's just a parent. She says this, my kid bumped his head with another kid on the basketball court during recess. I got I, uh, during recess. I got a call immediately saying he, he says he's fine and he's ready to go back to class. But I have to notify you, said Singe. But if my child says he's a girl, I can't know. This makes zero sense. Exactly. Singe went on to say that she and her parents have been branded crazy right wing Christians and pawns of Moms for Liberty a conservative education advocacy group with chapters across the nation. But she said, I'm Sikh. <laughs> she, she said, my family is from India. I'm just a parent who cares. If you have a child dealing with gender dysphoria, that to me is a mental and that is that that to me is mental and that is medical. If it is medical, a parent needs to be made aware. Exactly. Look, you don't need to be a Christian to know this is crazy. You just need to be a common sense person, a person that believes in natural law, a person that believes in design, a person that believes in the founding of our country. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men were created and endowed by their government. No, endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And governments are instituted among men to secure these rights. When a government is actually suing a school district, to say parents can't know what goes on in the classroom with their kids, now the government is not securing the rights of the parents, is not securing goodness, is actually doing evil, and this must be resisted, peacefully, I might add. Now, this reminds me of what our friend Greg Kokel wrote for a school board meeting once his wife wanted to go uh, protest some sort of transgender or sexual uh, curricula that was not appropriate was immoral for young people and here's the approach greg took i think this is a very good approach i probably read this on the air a couple of years ago i'm going to read it again it's very short because you only get three minutes at one of these school board meetings and i think the word or the approach greg takes here is very wise because he's using all the buzzwords that a liberal school board is trying to say, at least on the surface, they're for. And here's what he says. Here's what he gave to his wife, and his wife read it at the school board meeting. He couldn't go for some reason, so she went. And here's what he said. And, and you can, if you Google Greg Kokel school board, you'll find this. We'll put it in the show notes as well. Here's what Greg said you ought to say if you go before a school board, and something like this comes up. Quote, we are a diverse community and the school board values diversity. That means there are diverse understandings about controversial issues like human sexuality. All right, let me stop right here. Notice he's using buzzwords here like diversity, okay? So they're, they're for diversity, right? How can they disagree with this? 
Next, he says, traditionally, parents have been the ones to carefully inform their children about these issues at a time and in a way appropriate for their age and within the protected environment of the family. The government, represented here by the school board, has not traditionally been allowed to interfere with educating issues so critical to family and so appropriate to private parental nurturing of their children. To do so would be to have the individual family beliefs and values overridden by whatever group happened to be in power at the time. Let me stop right here. This is exactly what the what the attorney general of California wants to do. He wants to override parents by inserting his own values on the children of these parents. And Greg is saying that's not appropriate. It's actually immoral. All right. He goes on. Greg says this. No one set of personal values should be allowed to dictate the beliefs of our children in a public education system that includes such diverse groups as Muslims and Christians and Orthodox Jews and Buddhists and humanists and atheists and so many others. Public values shared by all, on the other hand, values like honesty, kindness, truth seeking, integrity, respect, etc., should be encouraged by all, including the schools, since they are agreed upon by all and are not controversial. However, conscientious and divisive personal views should not be forced upon our children. This is indoctrination and replaces the parents' rightful role. Role When government takes over the responsibility of informing our children's private and personal moral values instead of the parents and individual families doing so, it is a step towards oppression and a significant and serious violation of the diversity and multicultural respect the school board stands for. If any group in power gets to force their personal values on our kids, then when a different group gets power, they will be able to force their personal values on that group's kids. Neither is consistent with diversity, tolerance or appropriate American liberty. Please, I respectfully implore you, leave that job to the parents of the children that belong to them and not to the state. Thank you. Unquote. That's Greg Kokel. You can find that in the show notes. Also, just Google Greg Kokel School Board. I think that's a very wise way of making the point. You don't, you're not there to try and impose some sort of religious viewpoint on people. You're saying we have many different religious viewpoints here. I just want to say, let's leave these conscientious and controversial and diverse issues to the parents and let the school teach writing, reading, and arithmetic. Man, these kids can't even read, write, and, and, and do math. But we want to tell them what gender they are. We want to force them down some sort of gender role that they're not qualified to go down. That's going to sterilize them for the rest of their lives. No, that is madness, ladies and gentlemen. So notice these are all moral issues. And both sides in this debate are arguing from a moral position. The only question is, what is the right moral position? And I think reasonable people are going to say, obviously, the parents have the right to decide whether or not their kid transitions, not the government. Yet the government wants to jump in here and usurp parental rights. Madness. Christians need to speak up. In fact, not just Christians, but people of common sense, moral values, natural law values need to speak up regardless of what religion you are. And if we don't, we're going to continue to get this madness, and our kids are going to be at risk. Now, let me say this. I, I hear people talking about, oh, Christians are just getting too involved in politics. Uh, Christians are making it an idol. 
you can't get involved in these things. Now, I've done programs on this on why we have to be involved. I've done programs pointing out that, uh, look, if you think the gospel is important, then you better think politics are important because your ability to preach and live the gospel is determined at least partially by the laws made by our governments. And so for no other reason you ought to be involved in politics is you want to make sure you still have the right to live and preach the gospel. And to make sure that your kids aren't forced to transition when they're three or four years old, which is what the Biden administration wants to do. And obviously, the, it appears the, the attorney general of California wants to do as well. These people shouldn't get anywhere near office with those kind of policies. Why do they? Because Christians are not involved enough. And if you care about people, you ought to care how their government treats them. In fact, I ask people this question. Should Christians care about how other people are treated? Well, what Christian is going to say no to that? Of course we ought to care. Okay, next Christian, or next question. Should people care how other people are treated by their government? Well, if you say yes to the first question, you have to say yes to the second question. If we care how people are treated, we have to care how people are treated everywhere, including by our governments. Welcome to politics, ladies and gentlemen. You have to care about these things. And I'm so tired of hearing people saying, oh, Christians are too involved. Ladies and gentlemen, if Christians were too involved in politics, would our country be in the moral mess it is now? If too many Christians make politics an idol, then we are the worst, most ineffective idol worshipers in history. Because our country is going down the moral tubes. It's because we're not involved enough, not because we're involved too much. If Christians were involved too much in politics, would we be ripping babies apart limb by limb until birth? And even sometimes after birth in some states which allow that? If Christians were too involved in politics, would we be mutilating children and making them sterile for life in the name of transgender ideology? If Christians were too involved in politics, would we have drag queen story hour to kindergartners? and yet prohibit Bible reading to kindergartners? I mean, why would a drag queen be able to go speak to kids, but Kirk Cameron can't? I mean, if Christians were too involved, would, would we have these problems? If Christians were too involved in politics, would we, be, would we be mandating that marriage is genderless, that two men are no different than a man and a wife in the fathering and mothering of children? Would we even have same-sex marriage? Would we have no-fault divorce? If Christians were too involved in politics, would we have the liquor stores, abortion clinics, strip clubs, and casinos open during a pandemic while churches are shut down? No, Christians are not too involved. Christians are too passive. Christians don't care enough. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're about to be made to care. If you care about your kids, if you care about your grandkids, if you care about your, just your brother and sister, if you care about your neighbor, if you care about unbelievers, if you care about humanity, you have to be concerned and you have to be at least in some level involved on making sure that good laws are put into place to protect innocent people from evil. And God forbid the government starts doing evil as it's doing now. Whose fault is it? It's your fault. It's my fault because we're not involved enough. Yes, we know some people make it an idol. We get that. Given the results, too few people are involved, not too many. And by the way, you don't even need to be a Christian. 
You just need to be someone who believes in design, believes in natural law, believes that human beings are special, that human beings are made in the image of God. Of course, that comes from the Judeo-Christian worldview, but you don't even need to be a Christian in order to recognize that. And so we need to get more involved. Otherwise, we're going to have more of this where the government is going to come in and tell us we can't preach the gospel. We can't live the gospel. We can't know what our kids are being taught or what our kids are struggling with when they go to school. It, it would be our fault, ladies and gentlemen, if this continues. So we have to be involved and we have to start asking questions. What do you mean by that? By what moral standard are you making that claim? Why do you think that's right? Give me some evidence for it. Because otherwise, you're just imposing your own moral preference on other people rather than legislating what is true, right, and good. And if you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, as we point out in the book, Correct, Not Politically Correct, and also in an older book called Legislating Morality, all laws legislate morality. In fact, what law is, is morality codified. It's trying to say this is right and the opposite's wrong. All laws legislate morality. We don't have to legislate religion. We're not telling people where, when, how, or if to worship, but we can't avoid telling people how they ought to treat one another, and that's what everybody's doing. That's what the the Attorney General of California is trying to do. He's trying to tell people they have no right to know what their kid is struggling with in school. Whereas parents are saying, no, we do have a right to know. Now, in your heart, ladies and gentlemen, who's right here? Obviously, the parents are right. And you need to fight for that to protect innocent people from evil. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk more about this in future shows. Uh, We're also going to have Jason Jimenez on on the next show. He's written a new book called Hijacking Jesus. You're going to want to hear that. Uh, I also got a bunch of stuff coming up. Please pray for what's coming up here because uh, next week, uh, actually, later this week, I'm going to be out at the TPUSA Pastor Summit in San Diego. I think there's probably still seats. If you're a pastor, you're anywhere near San Diego, or you want to come out to San Diego, it runs the 13th. That's tomorrow through the 15th. Also, I'll be at Clovis Church in Fresno, California, Clovis Hills Church in Fresno, California on the 17th, both morning and evening. And then Fresno State University on Monday night, the 18th. That'll be live streamed. Also, uh, next weekend in Tucson, we'll be at the Unshaken Conference in Tucson, California, with my friends, the great Elisa Childers and the equally great Natasha Crane. That's on the 23rd. And then I'll be speaking at the uh, services on the 24th at Calvary Chapel, Tucson. A great uh, church out there. Also, then the following weekend, Lord willing, I'll be up at the Men's Uh, retreat conference in Speculator, New York. That's at Camp of the Woods up there in the Adirondacks. My friend Jim Zorn, the former Seahawk quarterback and uh, football coach, will be uh, chairing that event or be speaking at that event. Uh, And that's the last weekend of September. A lot more on the calendar. UNC Wilmington after that. uh, Missouri State, uh, Missouri Western State. Uh, several other colleges, including Auburn, later in October. So check our website out uh, for more of those details. And also check out on alternate Monday nights, we'll be doing a live uh, a men's Bible study. We film it for the TV program, and we're talking about the top archaeological discoveries in uh, the Bible or from the Bible or 
I should say, archaeological discoveries that uh, impact the Bible or are spoken of in the Bible. And we're going right from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Uh, the next one that you can see, it starts at 7.30 on a Monday night. The next Monday night we're doing this, I want to say, is September 25th. Check it out there. You can also go to our website and see more. It's also going to air. Uh, another one will air on October 2nd. Check all that out on our YouTube channel and go to crossexamine.org for more. And Lord willing, I will see you here next week. God bless.